Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. Well, that's uh, hmm. all right. Uh, anyway, so uh, I understand, uh, according to Mr. Mars, that uh, we have Mr. Heinrich. Now, we do not have his video. Audio. But we do have his audio, and so we can hear him. John, are you with us? I am here with you. Well, we're so glad that you're here with us, and we are very privileged to have you on the air with us, uh, John Heinrichy with uh, Cadillac Racing, uh, the SCCA National Championship, and a Cadillac CT4V Blackwing. And, you know, I have with us on the dais here <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Jeff Zekin, and he is a huge Cadillac fan. You can't see him, but I can tell you that he's wearing his Cadillac racing shirt, and he brought his Cadillac hat, and he's the one that's going to interview you today. No, and, I'm, I'm, I'm just in awe. Nah, yeah, well, <laughs> you got, you've got to be able to speak as well. Well, I'm going to mumble through it. Uh, I can see you looking at a picture uh, of the information Mike sent. There's five people standing in front of the car. You're missing a person, which is me standing (laughs) in that photo. Uh, Just Clarkston, Michigan. uh, I'm a Michigander, uh, born and raised Detroit area. Uh, Just good to know that there's still some good, honest things going on with Cadillac in Michigan. Yeah, they're, uh, they're still having a lot of fun. There's a lot of my friends, uh, at GM that are still working on the Cadillac uh, guys and girls that I worked with when I was working at GM. I, I worked there for uh, almost 40 years and spent um, a good portion of the last 10 years working on Cadillac performance vehicles with the Vs. So um, I've still got a lot of blood going on there. And uh, the guys are are really uh, uh, working hard to um, get Cadillac where it needs to be in the marketplace. So what exactly are, are we are you doing to the V to, to incorporate it into the SCCA? Well, primarily it's uh, changing uh, or adding all the safety requirements. You know, we've got the cage in it and safety seats, uh, racing seats, and and uh, that kind of stuff. Fire system, of course, and it's uh, the interior is pretty much gutted out. Uh, so I, you know, I've got racing seats, no interior seats. The door panels are gone. Uh, front windows, door windows are gone. Uh, replaced by nets that are required by SCCA. But pretty much I, I'm running the stock uh, twin-turbo V6 in the car with uh, with the automatic 10-speed and uh, all of the uh, um, technical nannies that come along with that are all still part of the car. And SCCA has required that the car run with the stock um, engine control uh, because uh, it is making quite a bit of power, and it's probably making as much or more power than a lot of the cars that I'm competing with. So they're um, uh, making the car stay with the stock uh, powertrain. Uh, stock, that's that stock exhaust. I'm running with catalytic converters and uh, and the whole thing there. Wow. So is this a one-off, or are you going to build multiples? Well, this is the first one. So we're running this year and next year for sure, and uh, – um, we'll see if we're building more. We obviously want to want to prove the capability of the car first um, before being able to sell more. But uh, that's our intent. Uh, the competition is very very tough. We're running against 991 Porsches and uh, uh, BMW M2s. There are um, Mustang uh, Camaros. Uh, there's even a Viper, and there are uh, some C5 Corvettes and C6 Corvettes that are running in this same Touring Two class. So the Competition is pretty tough. What kind of horsepower does that uh, Turbo Six make? 
It's uh, 474 horsepower <laughs> in a V6. That's 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 and and you're able to keep the thing together. Yeah, yeah, it's it's doing really well, running really good. And and I assume that this is a, an engine that Cadillac builds or GM builds. Well, this car was a production car, so it came with that engine uh, right from GM. Wow! Yeah, but did did it come with the turbo? Yeah. Yes, twin turbos. Wow! The black wings. Nice. And, and wow. you've got a, a pretty long history with Cadillac. I know. Uh, um, I I I worked for GM for twenty one years as or twenty five years as a awesome. field engineer and had a chance to kind of not follow you, but kind of watch you over your time as you move through a few different brands. But I also know you've uh, put a few hours in the Nürburgring as well, some of it to Cadillac's benefit. Yeah, we uh, we took the, the first Vs over there. Uh, so this would be back in the 2003-04 range with the first CTSC. Uh, we did a lot of the development work for the chassis on the ring. And then with the second version of the V for 2008-9, uh, with the supercharged 6.2 liter engine, uh, we spent a lot of time over at the ring fine tuning that car. And since then, the uh, folks working on the uh, upgraded Vs from then to the Black Wings have also spent a lot of time there. So I'm reaping the benefits of that on the CT4 Black Wing race car that we built. John, how, how does it work with you and Cadillac? Do you say, look, you know, it's just not going into the corner the right way. Do they change parts for you? Do they, they develop new uh, technology for you to race this car? Uh, no, I'm pretty much running the car the way it came. So I've got stock springs and shock absorbers and uh, on the car, stabilizer bars. That's all has to remain stock on this car, um, according to SCCA's rules. So I'm running pretty sock. Now, do I get some advice from them? Yes, I, I uh, have a contact engineer that I can talk to. And if I've got any uh, issues or, or uh, need some advice on, on which way to go, then I've got somebody there who can help me with the technology. Because, boy, I tell you, this car has a lot of technology in it. With the, it's got the uh, active MR shock absorbers and the electronic control differential, as well as an automatic transmission. Uh, so there's, there's a lot there that uh, needs to work right for me to, to get it, everything I can out of it on the track. And is, is, so I do get some help there with the setup. Is there a GM representative there at the races with you? No, I haven't had somebody at the races, but it's uh, kind of like I referred to, uh, to the uh, uh, want to be a millionaire show where you've got uh, a phone, a friend kind of thing. Ah. So still so, got all those phone numbers. To yeah. Those connections. 40 years. But if I get any issues, I've got a couple of contacts there that I can. <laughs> but you know, you... Just to give you an example of uh, some of the issues uh, with the with all of the electronics on the car, if you change the wrong thing on the car, uh, it's going to shut you down, and and uh, uh, you're, you know you aren't going to be able to get the most out of it. Even something as simple as uh, taking the park brakes off the car because I don't need the extra calipers on the rear. Uh, suspension you know it's extra weight and uh potentially uh some extra heat back there so if you take those off uh the car doesn't like it um uh, so you have to have uh, a way to get around that and that's yeah, where i really pass it yeah up with some of those things, there, Even things like airbags, airbags and things like that so all of that i have to have a way to get around that so that i can uh run it on the track where are we seeing you in the first race well, I've run so far down in uh, in Florida at Homestead and Sebring, 
And then I ran Road Atlanta uh, in uh, March, and I ran uh, Watkins Glen early in June. So I've been through those weekends, and uh, next up I'll be doing some testing because I've, I've done all the races now that I need to do to qualify for the championships at the end of the year, which is the end of September. And so now it'll just be testing and preparation of the car, uh, getting ready for the big big weekend. And that's that's the race he needs me at. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> are, you're, are you guys, is Coda on your schedule? Uh, we looked at Coda for this year, running it in February, and we just couldn't make it with a turnaround. It was too tight between uh, Homestead and Sebring, okay. getting the car ready for another weekend. But I definitely plan on running Coda next next uh, spring, actually, oh. to be wintertime in February. Well, cool. We'd, we'd love to find you there. Um, the uh, But we... I. Just from my point of view, I know that some of your input from the race car does get turned around into production because I remember that first gen CTSV um, had a real wheel hop issue, um, and it was something about the indexing on one of the rear control arm mounts. And the second, uh, I think it was the second year it second came gen. out that indexing of that rear control arm mount changed, and I always assumed that the uh, the, the the guys at the ring were the ones who kind of had that uh, brought that to the attention of the engineers to uh, make that change. So yeah, it's, we it's, had uh, you know it's always been the case at GM. We've always worked really hard, especially especially in the grassroots area of racing, where the people who are racing the GM cars are running very much the car that you produce, and so that's a really good um, test grounds for getting information back into the. Uh, engineering organization and helping to improve the breed for for the next versions or improvements on the current vehicle so that's that's always been the case there and it does work very well that way are you working full-time on this car year-round well i'm uh, i'm working uh, part-time on that there's a uh a shop in uh in uh phoenixville pennsylvania it's called phoenix performance that uh, helps with the prep of the car. So a lot of the actual prep work gets done there. Although I spent last week in my own shop here in Michigan with the car uh, um, all week working on it, getting it, uh, just kind of going through everything from front to rear. So doing that, but also I spend uh, a lot of my time working uh, with Hennessy down in Texas and Sealy. So I've been working on the Venom F5 uh, for the last several years. And I just got back from there last night, as a matter of fact, test driving one of the cars. So that's uh, that's been another part of what I'm doing in my retirement. Well, I guess that something happened because that uh, that uh, plane ticket that you had here to the Edwill Time Car Talk Show uh, <laughs> must have just gone away and just went right, right back home. Yeah, the Uber driver didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't turn or yeah. something. <laughs> exactly. There's a place in uh, Dearborn Heights called Livernoy. I think it's off of Beach Daily or Cherry Hill that, that has... Uh, tuners and hot rods yes. and, and things. Do you ever work with those folks? Yeah, I'm very aware of those guys. Oh, yep. that's like my backyard. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, and, and if I remember correctly, weren't you one of the drivers that were setting all the uh, speed records on the toll roads here before <laughs> they opened up? <laughs> well, I haven't. I wasn't actually the driver. I was helping a little bit with the setup for the cars with Hennessy, but uh, not the driver down there. But I have been doing... Uh, Almost all the test driving on the Venom F5 for Hennessy. We've been to uh, um, the NASA landing strip in Florida with it and and uh, um, numerous places. Yeah, I think you guys were out at the, uh, the Navy base in Hanford, California as well, as they were trying to yeah. set some speed records. Out to Lemoore. At the Lemoore, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah John, that was with, 
That was with the previous Venom GT with Hennessy back then. Yes, I was out there a couple of times. John, it's always great to talk to you. We, we all sure... want to be you. We all, I yeah. do. I do. <laughs> Jeff wants to be you as well. Well, we hope to get to shake your hand one of these days soon uh, and, uh, and, and get to meet you and bring you back on the show again. Okay, that, that'd be great. I really uh Fun talking to you guys. Where are you located? Where is the studio? Well, the studio is in Houston. We're a suburb of Houston out in Sugarland. And uh, okay. next, right where that is. Yeah, next time you're in town, give us a ring and we'll have you on the show. Take yeah, me for I a spend, ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, spend a lot of, I spend a lot of time down there. Well, good. And uh, I, I hope that while you're here one day, especially out there in the Katy area, that you go right down the freeway and visit our friend uh, uh, John Hovis and the Hemi Hideout. I know it's not your brand, but uh, it's quite a facility. And any guy, any he would appreciate it. Yeah, oh, he would and, definitely yeah. appreciate it. Uh, it's a it's, it's a bucket list place for an automotive enthusiast to visit. Yeah, well, Hennessy knows of them very well because he, he does an awful lot of work on the uh, Hemi's and yep. and uh, Ram. Yep, yep, very well. good. Uh, John, thanks again. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend. We we'll hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> you bet. John Heinrich. Interesting. Oh, I so want to racer be and engineer. All right. Well, unfortunately, we have to move on because the show is running out of time. Mm-hmm. Time now for Conrad's car clinic. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? Yes, I do. Right okay. here. So again, you know, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've done exhaust manifolds and intake manifolds. This time, we're going to do something on fuel injection. So if you kind of remember the uh, Corvette fuel injection system called the Ramjet was back in 1957. Go back up one. I can't. You, you hit it. The, the Ramjet of 1957 was on the <laughs> Bel Air and available on the Corvettes and stuff. Well, this is the intake manifold from a Ramjet. Remember we showed you what the tunnel ram looked like on the race cars? Yes. Well, they basically had a tunnel ram on the Corvette fuel injection system back in the 50s and 60s. So, you know, they were, again, bringing the racetrack to production cars. And, uh, you know, that was 10, 15 pounds of pressure of fuel. And then they changed to, in the 80s, um, they changed to a throttle body injection. Um, It worked, but not as effectively as it could have. So this throttle body injection was on all kinds of four cylinders, V6s and V8 engines through the mid, uh, early to mid 80s. And then they went from throttle body, they went to port fuel injection. And there was kind of two generations of port fuel injections that were out there. Injector looked very much the same between the two of them. One was called a multi-port injection. So on the V8s, all eight injectors sprayed at the same time. Hmm. And then they went to sequential port injection, where each injector sprayed just before the intake manifold opened, which is kind of where they are today, which makes more sense in the fuel economy world. So the original generation of multi-port injection was fuel injection, but wasn't the most efficient of the fuel injection systems that were out there. And the uh, multi-port and the port fuel injection systems both ran about 60 PSI of fuel pressure. This being a, a, a sequential port fuel injection system, again, firing each cylinder individually um, on the vehicle. And this would be more of a G- gasoline direct injected system where you're talking about fuel pressures up to 25,000 PSI. The fuel wow. pump on these now run off of a mechanical fuel pump that's driven by the camshaft. Now, if you go back in time, 
back to the you know 50s and 60s, they had a mechanical diaphragm fuel pump that ran off of the camshaft as well. So uh, the reason they go to such high pressure is they want to have real precise control of it. So these new uh, GDI injectors that are out there at 25,000 PSI, instead of just spraying one spray, psh, just before the intake valve opens, they can uh, they do what's called a stutter spray. So it may, you know, it may have five, six, seven injection actions each compression stroke. So and that's trying to use the least amount of fuel with the most amount of power. The thing about gasoline direct injection and why the pressure is so much higher is they've moved the injector from behind the intake valve to down into the combustion chamber. So it has to be able to overcome the combustion pressure. I have a question. So with direct injection, does it matter the octane of the fuel? When you said it like a stutter versus a stream, does it matter which you get with a higher octane fuel? The No, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't run. It doesn't compensate for the fuel octane unless you have a spark knock problem. You know, you can run a low enough fuel octane to get a spark knock problem, then it'll it'll change the uh, fuel system on it gotcha. uh, and the uh, the spark system uh, algorithms on it. But the the other thing about a gasoline direct injected engine, as you can see on this one, it doesn't just have one cone of fuel spray. It has multiple cones of fuel spray. If you remember when we did pistons, I showed you the bathtub at the top of a piston. So what it's trying to do is it's trying to hit that bathtub in the top of the piston and get all of that fuel to roll up so you get a ball of good air fuel mixture right at the tip of the spark plug to get the, to get the and hit. then the spark plug ignites to push the piston down so that's uh that's some information about how fuel injection works Interesting. today and yeah. the evolution very of it cool. through years and i will tell you that uh, i have had very little experience with the original uh, corvette fuel injection back in the early days in the, in the 50s when they came out with that is it the 50s yeah, fifty-seven. Yeah. And uh, and I will tell you that that mechanical fuel injection system was a beast to work on. Right. And uh, I knew one guy that knew that thing backwards and forwards, and it took him hours to get it right. The tunes correctly. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But once he did, it was sweet for the yeah. time period. It was only available on the Bel Air for one year, and then on the Corvettes, it was available from fifty-seven. All the way through 65. Time now for a quick break here on the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show. We'll wrap up today's show right after this. Everyone at the Tailpipes and Tacos Cruise in at the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex in Katy, thank you for participating in the best cruise in around and look forward to seeing you again. You'll hear about the next cruise in date right here on In Wheel Time. Next time you're in the West Houston Energy Corridor area, be sure and stop in at the original Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex at I-10 and Highway 6 or the KD location on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard. When passing through Beaumont or College Station, stop in and have Loopy's award-winning beef fajitas and frozen margaritas. There's always a celebration at Loopy Tortilla. Loopy Tortilla founder Stan Holt and his wife Sheila are winning racers on the NHRA drag racing circuit and have a collection of hot rods and classics that everyone appreciates. Look for them at the next Tailpipes and Tacos Cruise-In. The date will be announced soon and will once again be held at the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex on 99 and Kingsland Boulevard, just south of I-10 and Katy. We'll give you all the details right here on the Inwheel Time Car Talk show and online donations benefit god's garage we'll see you then you own a car you love well why not let gulf coast auto shield protect it houstonian john gray invites you to his state-of-the-art facility to introduce you to his specialist team of auto enthusiasts 
We promise you'll be impressed. Whether you're looking to massage your original paint to a like-new appearance, apply a ceramic coating, install a paint protection film, nano-ceramic window tent, or new windshield protection called ExoShield, Gulf Coast Auto Shield is where Houston's car people go. Curbed your wheels? Instead of buying new, why not have them repaired? How about a professionally installed radar detector? Gulf Coast Auto Shield does that, too. Get a peek inside the shop and look at the services offered by getting online and heading to gcautoshield.com. Better yet, stop by their facility at 11275 South Sam Houston Tollway, just south of the Southwest Freeway, and get a personal tour. Gulf Coast Auto Shield is your place to go for all things exterior. Call them today, 832-930-5655 or gcautoshield.com. The award-winning in real-time car talk show is available on the most popular podcast channels out there in 30-minute episodes. We realize our three-hour live show can be difficult to catch in its entirety, so now you can listen every day to a convenient, fresh 30-minute episode. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible, along with a dozen more. In Wheel Time has the most informative automotive guest interviews and new car reviews, along with popular features including Conrad's Car Clinic and This Week in Auto History, along with automotive news headlines. Our live broadcast airs every Saturday, 8 to 11 Central, on InWheelTime.com, the iHeart app, and on YouTube. Be sure to say hello when we're broadcasting from the Tailpipes and Tacos cruise in, Autorama, and the Houston Auto Show, among others. Now, it's easier than ever to hear about all things automotive all week long. You're invited to join fellow car enthusiasts in becoming part of the ever-growing In Wheel Time Car Talk family. Don't forget those 30-minute podcast episodes on your favorite podcast channel. Well, that's a wrap for this week's In Wheel Time Car Talk show. When you're online, follow us on Facebook. Give us a like, if you would. Tell your friends about us and share our junk, please. We promise to keep you posted on all things automotive all week long, including... New car reviews, upcoming events, cruise-ins, racing events, and other informative and entertaining car and truck goodies. Hey, you can find the Inwell Time Car Talk Show 24-7 on the iHeartRadio app and our live video stream on Facebook, YouTube, and on InWheelTime.com every Saturday, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. Daily 30-minute podcasts are available on the podcast channel you use. The Inwell Time Chief Engineer is David mm. Ainsley, our marketing advertising advisor and video technical director is We Need More Jeff Zekin. For booking agent and IT genius, Mike Mars, <laughs> Mr. Know-It-All, his royalty, King Conrad DeLong, I'm Don Armstrong. Please join us for our next week's show, the best of show, uh, on Inwell Time, Saturday, July 15th. 15th. On all of our Inwell Time Car Talk <laughs> outlets right here on the Smoke and Mirrors Network. 8 to 11 a.m. Central Time. Have a great weekend. Stay cool and so long for now. No. That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.